Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Hey, how you guys doing? All right, all right. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. And if it's your first time at Freedom Church, thank you for coming. We pray God's richest blessings upon you. And uh, if you're watching online for the first time, thank you for leveraging technology. And if you live close by, hey, come check us out here. Uh, God is doing amazing things in our presence and because He is God and He can do that and we love Him so much. And so just thank you so much for being here today at Freedom Church. So what we've been doing, we've been doing a series of messages and that means they all tie together. Uh, We've been talking about uh, why we exist. We exist to reach people to know God. And that's why we're here as a church. And with that, we have what we, we have five values. We call them our high five values. Give the person closest to you a high five. All right? Now, what we've been talking about, first and foremost, is uh, the first week we talked about everyone reaching. And what that boils down to is you reach up. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ yet. I'm so glad you are here. Everybody's glad you are here. Uh, because you are in an opportunity to keep reaching up vertically till you connect with God. You give your heart to Him. You're born again. You get reservations in heaven. And then you want to reach out horizontally to other people so they can get what you've got in Jesus. So they can find what you have been found in Him. So that's everyone reaching. Everyone growing. The next week we talked about how that we want to learn to become like Jesus. I don't need to be like me. You know, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm this guy that, that I'm trying to do everything I can do to become like Jesus, not like I am within myself. So that was everyone growing. Uh, last week we talked about everyone serving. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So everyone else has been given gifts, talents, and abilities to be able to use to serve uh, in and through the local church and in our community. I hope and pray that you understand that. Adam was talking about that. And it's very important that we do that outside of ourselves. Today, I want to move forward and talking about everyone giving. Now, here's what I want to do right out of the gate. I want to apologize to you for those of you that may have seen misconceptions about the local church when it comes to money. Everybody freaks out when a church talks about money because you've seen misuse of funds. You've heard horror stories. You've seen stuff on TV. And what it boils down to, you develop this mindset that is apart from the biblical mindset. So today I want to give you the biblical mindset from God so you understand what it means about everyone giving. Are you guys ready for the Word of God? All right, let's give Him praise. That's what we're going to talk about, all right? So I started off talking about this. When my girls were coming up, we always took them trick-or-treating. And what I would do when I would take my kids trick-or-treating is I would take them to where I thought they would get the best candy hands down. I don't know about you, but don't look at me like you didn't do that. Because, I mean, I was scarred from when I was a kid. You walk up to there and there would be a blue-haired lady, and I love, I love old people because I'm going to be old one day and I'm getting old. But they hand you a popcorn ball that's got maple syrup or something holding it together, and I'm thinking, huh? You know, and so I thought, man, I want to carry my kid where they're going to get some Mr. Good bars. They're going to get the king-size bars. They're going to get the best candy in the world, Butterfingers. Hands down, best, but, listen, Butterfinger, how many of you like Butterfinger? Come on, people. 
Man, that's God anointed right there now. I'm telling you what, it is God anointed Butterfinger. And what's cool about it, it gets in your teeth and you can still taste it an hour later. You know what I'm saying? It's really good, you know. But anyway, so I'm carrying Chloe, my youngest, you know, and we're going around. And so I'm over peeking in her sack, you know, and I'm driving, you know, and I'm saying, what'd you get over, girl? You know, and she hadn't gotten any Butterfingers yet, but she had gotten some M&Ms. So I said, uh, Chloe, I said, give me some M&Ms. She looked up and said, no, Daddy, they're mine. <laughs> we began to have a problem. And I said, whoa. I said, honey, I don't want the whole pack. I just want a few M&Ms. You know, come on, girl. I'm driving you around. No, Daddy, they're, they're mine. Well, at that moment, I had a choice. If she's not going to give me no M&M's, I could forcibly take her M&M's. Matter of fact, I could eat everything in her bag and there wouldn't be anything she can do about it. <laughs> or if I want to, we could stop at the store and I could buy her so many M&M's that when she started eating them, they would make her sick and just have all kinds of M&M's. <laughs> she ended up giving me some M&M's. But anyway, uh, I got to thinking about that. Do you realize that God is the God who gives us all the M&M's. You see what I'm saying? He blesses us with all the M&M's that we can get in our lives. And, and with him blessing us with these M&M's, you know, God looks at us because he gives us the M&M's. He says, can you give me some M&M's? Uh, no, God, they're, they're mine. They're father, they're mine. And, and I'm thinking, does that equate right? Because if God wanted to, God could forcibly take all the M&M's that we've got. Because some people have big piles of M&M's. Some people have medium piles of M&M's. Some people got little piles of M&M's. But God is just saying, give me some M&M's. So if he wanted to, he could forcibly take all the M&M's that we've got. Also, if God wanted to, he could rain down so many M&M's on our lives that we couldn't spend them all, eat them all, and, and do anything with them. You know what I'm saying? Because he's God. So... We believe as a church that everything belongs to God and that we cannot outgive God. But the M&Ms belong to God. And we can't outgive God when we give M&Ms back to God. I love John 3:16. It's the most notable verse that's probably ever been quoted in the scriptures. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes, say those three words with me, Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. See, from the time that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that was the fall of man. Sin comes upon humanity. God had a plan for both the foundations of the world. And Jesus Christ comes down the stairway of heaven and he comes on the scene. He does more things than the books could record that the scripture says, but yet they wanted to kill him. But yet before that took place and he came to give his life for each of us in God's plan, he was tempted in all the ways that you and I are tempted, yet he never sinned and he put his arms out on a cross and allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and died for my sins and for yours. Well then, from that point forward, whenever you can come to Christ and you are born again, then you get the favor of God in your life. And that's what I want you to understand today about the favor of God. Because when you look at life, there's three types of treasures. There is money, the M&Ms that you have in your life that come from God. 
Then you have time. God blesses us all with the same amount of time, 24, 7, 365. He blesses us with that. But also a great treasure that people do not realize is influence. People are given influence. But today I want to talk about the M&Ms in particular because I think that's what really, really gets at people. Because you work so hard for the M&Ms that you get in your life. You work hard for them and, and sometimes it's, the M&Ms will stress you out <laughs> that you're getting in your life. See, the truth is about money, money is personal. You say, what do you mean? Well, we share everything a lot of times on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But a lot of times people don't share anything that's got to do with their finances. You know why? Because we equate our self-worth with our net worth, see? But also money is powerful. You say, what do you mean? Here's what I know. I could, make, I could shape this whole room and get every one of you to do something if you haven't already done it. I have a like page on Facebook. If, I, if you have not liked my page on Facebook, I guarantee you if I said I will give you $1,000 cash money if you will go and like my page on Facebook, every one of you would go like my page on Facebook. Can I get a witness, right? Because you want $1,000. That's what it is. Money's a motivator. Money will move you to do things. Money is very powerful. But also money is potential. And so what do you mean by that? Money itself is neither good nor bad. It's not evil. Its value is really neutral. And what determines money is my view of it and your view of it. How I let it control my life. How that we spend it and, where we, and we determine where that it goes. How I view it. And how I hold the M&Ms I get in life and how I use it, de it determines whether it's going to be good or bad. I did some really in-depth studying about this entire subject from the Scriptures. And I really come across Malachi's view of when God's people, it, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And then after that happened, there was a 400-year dark period and, and it's just really wigs me out to think about 400 years of darkness without God speaking and showing itself up. But God sent the prophet Malachi to his own people. And as he sent them to them, Malachi discovered that these people were arguing with Malachi the prophet about six different things that they were messing up with God. They were arguing with Malachi about God's love. They were arguing with Malachi about God's name. They were arguing with the prophet Malachi about God's teaching about marriage and divorce. They were arguing with, God, uh, with God's prophet about the justice of God, about giving to God, and about serving God. And here's what I know about people today. And you listen closely to what I'm about to say. People who argue with God are rarely blessed in the fullness of God. If you want to argue about what he says in his book, then you are putting yourself in a position to where that you're going to miss out on the blessings of Almighty God. So today I want us to peer into chapter 1 of Malachi about what they were doing with the M&Ms that God had blessed them with. In their life. In Malachi 1, verses 6 through 8, listen to what it says. It says, The Lord of heaven's army says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. 
If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. In other words, their words that they were given didn't line up with the selfish actions that they were doing. It goes on to say in verse 8, it says, When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. See, the priests here of the temple, they were allowing people to bring offerings that were blind, crippled, and diseased sheep that had three legs and one eye, and they called them lucky. They were bringing this, these kind of undeserving offerings, and God was accusing them of dishonoring Him and offering imperfect sacrifices. So this was greatly displeasing God. And if we give God anything that's left over in our lives, we're repeating the same sin as these worshipers. That's what he's saying. What we give God reflects our true attitude toward him. Instead of giving their best, they gave their worst sacrifices. They gave their leftovers. They were unwilling worshipers and they were unwilling givers. And in the prosperity of the M&Ms that they were getting, they resented what God wanted from them. And when you resent what God wants from you, that is the deceitfulness of riches. He wanted their very best, not their leftovers. We tend to, to give better when we have less, not more. They had lost their focus on God, and they got lost in themselves. See, the rituals of, of worship, that's what they got caught up in, not in worshiping the love and the relationship and that love with God, their heavenly Father. You know, when I fell in love with my wife, I call it rabbit love when we first met. How many of you know what rabbit love is? Raise your hand. Rabbit love is simple, people. It's whenever you fall in love like I did with Shanda, and I walked around broke looking like a rabbit everywhere I go. I did, man. I spent all my money, all the time on my wife because I loved her so much. And you say, well, why'd you do such a thing like that? You know, I wanted her to know that I loved her so much that I kept my focus on her, showing her continually that she was the love of my life and is still the love of my life. Now, I'm not telling her that I just love her. I'm proving to her that I love her with provision, with protection, with love and compassion and service and serving her. Anything I can do with my wife to relinquish any doubt in her mind that she's my everything. And that's the relationship that God wants with you. That you do everything you can do in every facet of your life, even in the area of your M&Ms. That you relinquish any doubt in the Father's mind that He is your everything.
And that's the relationship that God desires through his son, Jesus Christ. God can't be first place in your life if your M&M's is first place in your life. And there's only one that can be in control. It's either going to be God or it's going to be the M&M's. It can't be both. Look at John chapter 1 verse 16. Look what it says in John's gospel. It says, from his abundance, talking about Jesus here, we have received one gracious blessing after another. Now, John the Baptist is talking about Jesus because Jesus come on the scene. He was about to be baptized and going to be the lamb of the world. It takes away the sins of the world. And, and so, in him being God, we receive one gracious blessing from God after another. Now, when you think about blessings and what a blessing really is, you know, you hear people say, well, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Yeah, we want the blessings of God. And when you think about what blessings are, to, it, blessing is to be on the receiving end of the tangible and the intangible favor of God. The intangible things, when you think about that being a blessing, it's peace and it's love and it's joy. It's the tranquility that I get in my soul through my relationship that I have with Jesus. When you think about the tangible things, it's really just all the M&M stuff that God has blessed you with in your life. So, God is for you. I want you to get that today. If you don't get anything else, God is for you. And he wants to bless your life. How many of you want to, God to bless your life? Raise your hand. Yes, we all want his blessings in our lives. But here's what we got to get and we got to understand. There's a difference between managing, management and ownership. There is a big difference in that. You say, well, what do you, what do you mean that? Okay, I think we've established the fact of it is, how many of you believe that all blessings come from God? Right? Raise your hand. Yes. Okay. And if you don't believe that, just stay with me. Track with me. Okay. All right. Now, so we're just going to say that, okay, if that's the case, and God is the blesser. How about that? He is the blesser. Okay. Now, if he is the blesser, okay, he's the blesser, that means that we equally are getting blessed by God, right? How many of you here will say, I am blessed of God? I am blessed of God. Again, blessed of God. Yes, we're blessed of Almighty God. So, so the blessings come from Him. All good gifts comes down from the Father of lights in our lives. Because we're blessed, then we have the opportunity to be a blessing. You say, what do you mean? How can I be a blessing, Pastor? How do I get in on the receiving end of the tangible and the intangible favor of Almighty God? There's a couple of things. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you'll have that opportunity before this day ends and it's our time together ends. But if first and foremost, it comes to where that you come to a point in time in your life that you are convicted of your sins, you realize that you are lost from God and that you need a Savior, and you need a Savior to take care of your sin. That's when you believe in Jesus and you receive Jesus. You are born again. You get your name written in His book in heaven. And because you know that He came, He lived, He died for your sins, and He arose again. And the same power that brought Jesus out of the tomb is the same power you received to be able to live a life here on this side of heaven. Until the day that you die to go and spend eternity with him, he's going to bless you now and he's going to bless you forever. But it doesn't stop there. When we receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life, we do something. We at that point need to reflect upon him. We reflect upon the nature and the character of the blesser. 
That's what we got to reflect upon. He is the one that's blessing us in our lives. And we realize at that moment that we are just managers. We don't own anything. The M&Ms that you have in your life are not yours. They come from God. When you look at the very first words that God spoke to Adam in Genesis 1, you will see that he told Adam to take care of the garden. I want you to manage my garden. I want you to be able to take care of it. How many, land, got any landscapers here? Got any landscapers here? Your landscape. Landscaping was the very first profession, okay? <laughs> That's what he's telling Adam to do, right? It's to take care of the garden. But now, today, as we move forward, and if you have received Christ, but you're not really reflecting on him as the owner of all things, why is that? Why does that take place in our lives? I can tell you right now. Because today, what it, our issue is, is that we live in the land of Ing. You say, what do you mean, the land of ink? Well, I can tell you exactly what it means in the land of ink. We're all about owning. We're all about earning. We're all about clothing. <laughs> We're all about housing. You see, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-bling, bling. See, that's what we're all about. We live in the land of so what God wants us to do in our lives as you receive Jesus as Lord and we reflect upon him is that we don't own anything but we're managing the M&Ms that he's given us what God wants to do he wants to put his bless okay on our ing so that you and I become a what what's that word what's that say it out loud how many of you want to become a blessing for God? Raise your hand. You want to be a blessing? Stay with me a few more minutes, and you'll see exactly how that you can become a blessing. How do we ultimately move from the land of Ing to be able to move into the blessed place? How do we do that? Well, it's all got to do with what we're doing <laughs> with the M&Ms that God blesses us with. There's three groups of people here today. There's three groups of people that's watching online. The first group of people are the people that are non-givers. Did you know that in this country, according to what I have found, that 53% of Christians, if you're not a Christian, this is not for you, you can lean out on this. But if you're a Christian, lean in. 53% of Christians in this country did not give one penny to their church last month. They did not bless God from all the M&Ms that God has blessed them with. They did not honor God. They did not prove their love for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But yet we want to take credit for the good things that God has done for us. And we're like, oh, God has blessed me. God has blessed me, you know. And pride will creep into your life. And pride will say, hey, look at me, how great I am. Look at all my M&Ms. Look at all the stuff that I've got. I have more stuff than you, so I must be better than you. And that's what pride Pride says, but I tell you what pride will do. Pride will mess you up. It will make you miserable. You know why? Once again, you are connecting your self-worth with your net worth. That's what people end up doing. So what's God's solution to that ride of pride? Listen to me closely. You've got to know God as the provider and the owner 
of everything. All M&Ms in my life and in yours comes from God. All the material blessings and the financial blessings belongs to God. He lets us borrow it and use it, but it belongs to Him. We're managers of the M&Ms. We're not owners. So if you're in the category of a non-giver today, my challenge to you is to give something. Give something to God. Start somewhere. Paul told Timothy in his first letter to him in chapter 6 and verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. See, money isn't evil. It's the love of money that can lead to all kinds of evil. Our perspective about money, if you're not careful, will get really warped. And it can mess up our lives when it comes to the M&Ms that God has blessed us with. And see, money can get our priorities completely out of order. And when money gets a higher priority in our lives than what God does, and when we love money more than we love God, that's called materialism. That's what it is. And it leads to death. And materialism is a heart issue. That's what it is. And until you commit to letting God His desires take precedence over your desires in your heart. Things just aren't going to work as well with your M&Ms as you would like for them to. So that's the non-givers. Start somewhere. Do something. There's another category of people. They are convenient givers. You give God whatever the smallest bill in your pocket is when you come to church. You know, God knows that you and George and Abraham and Hamilton, you have a good relationship with the church because that's what you do. In Malachi 1, the Israelites were at least giving something, and, but they cared so much about their image, uh, and they did give, but they gave their leftovers. They gave the diseased, worthless stuff just a little bit value, but nothing much at all. And you know what? Listen to me close to what I'm going to tell you. God would accept a poor sacrifice if you were poor. Jesus said the poor would always be with us. If you're poor, yes, he would accept that. But if you're not, is he going to accept that little bit from the M&Ms that you're trying to give to him? See, these people, they held the best for themselves while giving God the worst that they had. Are you guilty of that? You say, well, pastor, you, you know, you don't know my situation and, you know, I appreciate what you're saying and everything, but you don't understand I lost my job and you don't understand that we lost our business. You don't understand that we had a loved one die. They didn't have any kind of life insurance. We all had to chip in to get them buried or whatever. You, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand my situation. No, you're right. But if you're not trusting God in the area of your finances, then you won't be able to ever move into the area of blessing. Until God, you trust Him with all the M&Ms that you're getting. And it's very, very important. I, I, I love um, gardening. I don't get to do as much of it as I want to. But let me ask this. How many of you here are going to do a garden? 
Raise your hand this year. Going to do a garden. That's cool, man. A lot of people doing a garden. Last year, it was off the charts with all the gardening that went on with COVID hitting. But when you think about gardening, you know, and you're going to go and you're going to get your seeds. Uh, look what it's, just think about this. I, I'm going to go and Shannon and I, this thing, we're going to start a garden. So I'm going to go over here in my garden and I'm going to get this seed out here and say, man, that is really, really cool. <laughs> here we go, hon. All right, baby, let's cover it up. It's good. All right. <laughs> Or, so you think about this, how many is going to have a great garden there? Is that going to be a wonderful garden, right? Is it going to be a good garden? No, no, no. What if I go over here and Shannon and I said, let's really plant a garden. Let's plant a garden. Let's take it. Okay, hon, let's go. Let's, let's get some seeds going here. We're going to plant a garden. Okay, great. Here we go. And we'll get it going. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get a garden. And, uh, you know, yeah, let's get some more. Let's keep going right here. All right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, 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 isn't that cool? <laughs> so my question is... Who's going to have more? Garden one? Or are we going to have more in garden two? Right. Look what, look what Paul said in the message here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He says, remember, a stingy farmer will get a stingy crop. But a lavish planter, whoo, Lavish planter gets a lavish crop, you see. All boils down to what are you doing with your M&Ms? The challenge is if you're a convenient giver is to be a proportionate giver. Malachi 3.10, he said this. He says, bring all the tithes. He said bring because it wasn't theirs to begin with. It's all God's, but he said bring the tithe. Tithe means 10% into the storehouse so there will be enough food for my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. See, the threshold of giving is the tithe, the 10%. And we don't give God anything until we get above that tithe. However, Instead of being a convenient giver, start at least as a portion, whether it's 4%, 5%, 7%, and own up to 10%. I remember my girls, and I taught them all three from the time they were little, that it was a 10, 10, 80, 10 off the top, 10 savings, and, and save the rest because there's rainy days coming. And I'm so proud of all three of my girls because they're doing well in life because they're, they're doing it in God's plan and God's way. God is blessing them back. But I know I'm getting pushed back right now because I always know I do. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. Tithing's Old Testament. Tithing's Old Testament. I hear that all the time. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, Paul told the Corinthians in his first letter that proportionate giving is what he talks about in those couple of verses. You can look it up. 1 Corinthians, uh, it's, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. It's proportionate giving as God has prospered you. Listen to what I'm going to tell you very closely in the next few sentences. There isn't an expressed command to tithe to the church given in the New Testament. However, say however to your neighbor. Paul teaches grace giving in the scriptures in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapters 8 and 9, which is certainly beyond 
10% beyond the tithe for what he's talking about here. So if believers in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant brought their tithes, how could we as Christians under the New Covenant that Jesus died for us and his blood is running through our veins, how could we begin with anything less, church? Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Here, a discourse taking place with Jesus and the Pharisees. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus said that should tithe. He's telling the Pharisees, I think if it's good for the Pharisees, would it be good for us? Tell me. Would it be good for us? If you're telling the Pharisees, you're doing a good job tithing, but you need to step up in these other things, would it would be good for us, right? And also it says that in Matthew 23, 23. So if Jesus said it once, that's good for me. I hope it's good for you. So you got a category non-giver, start somewhere. You got a category of those that are conveniently given, try to step up in proportionate giving with God. But there are those in another category here that are faithful tithers. You're faithful, man. You do it all the way down to the letter of the very penny of what you're giving back to God. However, you have grown so much in every area of your life, but maybe you've never grown in the above and beyond of what God wants to do with your M&Ms. You say, what do you mean? The challenge is, is to give above and beyond. I want to share something with you, and I'm not sharing this with you as a bragamony. I'm sharing this as a testimony because it was a test for my wife and myself years ago. We were purchasing this property here that we're blessed to be upon here at Freedom Church. And as we were so blessed in this area of our lives, we did what we called a building campaign. And we had three little girls raising them and on a modest salary. And... We stepped up and prayed and fasted of what we would do above and beyond our tithe. In that particular year, we looked back on it when we did our taxes and we gave 33% of our income in that particular year. And I never missed a meal. I mean, I still haven't missed a meal. Watch this. Watch it jiggle. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, you want to be a conduit for God to flow with M&Ms through your life, to be a blessing for the kingdom of Almighty God, that you are being obedient to God, trusting God in the area of your finances, but yet you are blessing the church and we're doing everything we can do as a church to reach people that do not know God Almighty. I'm talking about moving into the realm of Holy Spirit giving, knowing that we will never, ever outgive God. Look at Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with Merlot. If you don't honor God, listen to me, with your wealth, then what does that say about your heart for God and to be able to take care of the church family and to be able to reach people that are lost and dying and heading toward a place called hell that Jesus wanted to derail it for them because he died for their sins. Listen, does it reflect that you honor God with your very best and what you're doing right now? 
So I ask you today, which category are you in? But better yet, which category do you want to be in? My prayer for you today is that you're going to be in the category that God knows that you are giving God your first and best of everything that he's producing and the M&Ms in your life. And I'm talking about going to the next level. Paul said this in that chapter 8 in 2 Corinthians in verse 7. He says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. See, the Corinthians, believers, they excelled in everything Paul was talking about. However, Paul encouraged them to excel in the gracious act of giving. And too often, the stewardship of money is given a different status than other spiritual disciplines in our lives. That's when people add in this phrase, but God will understand. God's going to understand if you're not giving him the first and the best. You see, true growth in Jesus and true maturity in Jesus Christ includes in the mature use of all the resources so that when we do, without what we do with our M&Ms, we can go to the next level. And God can give you that desire in your heart. And he can enable you to be able to increase your capacity to be able to give at the next level. But it's got to be you trusting God with all the M&Ms that he's already blessed you with. Why would he bless you with more M&Ms if you're not managing the M&Ms he's already given you? Why would he give you more if he's not doing a good job with them? I hope you understand what I'm saying by this. Don't miss this wonderful opportunity. I could sit down with you all and tell you story after story after story, personal stories from Shannon and I where God has blessed our socks off because we trusted him first in our finances. I don't want any of you to miss out on a single blessing of the abundance of M&M's that God wants to bestow in your life and that God has for you. Maybe you've wondered in your life why that you have always had financial problems. If we had this conversation, I would ask you, has God always been first in your finances? The first and the best. Do you give him the best, or is it leftovers of the disease stuff, or do you not give him anything at all? I love what the psalmist says in chapter 119 here in verse 58. It says, with all my heart, I want your blessings. How many of you here right now would say, with all my heart, I want your blessings? Raise your hand. With all my heart, God, I want your blessings. With all my heart, God, I want your blessings. I want every one of them. I not only want to be blessed of you, I want to become a blessing. With the blessings you bestow upon my life, be merciful as you promised. That is awesome that you want those blessings that he's promised for your life. So how's it going to happen, Pastor? It's about proper alignment with your life. Tell God with all your heart, I want your blessings. We own nothing. 
and you just tell God, say, God, I am going to be a better manager of the M&M stuff that you've given me in my life. And, and I'm going to give back to you, God. I'm going to give the best, God. I'm going to give the first, God, of everything. It's your house, God. It's your cars. It's your clothes. It's your boat. It's your money. Everything that I've touched is yours, God. What will it take to be able to get those blessings by putting God to the test? That's what it boils down to for his best. Let me, let me ask this question. And I did this the last service, I'm going to do it here. How many of you here, on the sound of my voice, if you don't, because you own this, what I'm about to say, and you'll be glad to raise your hand. How many of you here have trusted God up to this point, at some point in your life, you trusted God to give him the first and the best, and you stepped out tithing and whatever it was, you stepped out to trust God and you're doing that, and he proved his best for you in your life, and you thank God you did it. Would you raise your hand real high across the auditorium? Now look, everybody look across the auditorium. You see all these hands up? This right here is the blessing of God, because if you want, don't take my word for it, ask them. They'll tell you about it, what God has done in their life. And I tell you what they would tell you, and I can, I can almost assure you this, they'd say, I'll never turn back because of what God does for me. So what do you do? Malachi 3 and 10, the last part of verse 10, which says, try it, put me to the test. This is something we've done for over a decade at our church. We call it a 90-day tie challenge. And there's a bunch of you here that raised your hand that took this, and God is blessing your socks off now because he's first and best in your, in your M&Ms that you get. If you would like to take the tithe challenge, a 90-day tithe challenge, three-month challenge, that you put God first and best, and our finance ministry knows of your record of that, at the end of the three months, if you come to them and you tell them, I am worse off now than when I started, they will write you a check back for 100% of that which we have recorded that you gave. Do you know what's amazing about that, church? Over a decade, we have made this promise, and we have yet, yet to have anybody come and say, write me the check, I'm worse off. You know why? Because our great God's a good God, and He loves us, and He's there for us. And when we bring Him our first and our best, and we know He's the blesser, and we're blessed, then God wants to put His bless on our ink so that you and I become a blessing. That's our great God, and I love him for that. So if you'd like to take that challenge, you just put 90-day challenge on the back of a card in the back of the seat. When we pray in just a moment, this is between you and God. It ain't between your, your neighbor and nobody else. You put it on the back there and a follow-up, and I'm going to follow up with you personally, myself. Be sure you give me a correct number and a correct email, and I'm going to follow up with you myself. Because if God will do it for me, he'll do it for anybody. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much and we praise you so much, God, and thank you for being the God from whom all blessings flow, even down to the M&Ms we enjoy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for each one here, God, and I pray your richest blessings on each one, especially those, God, who are wanting to take that step and put you to the test in their life. And in return to you, God, May they become a blessing as all of us want to be a blessing to you and for you, not only in our personal lives, but for our church and for the vision of our church to reach people who need your son, Jesus. I pray that for every person here that's stepping up and already doing it, God. Father, I don't want to stop there. I want to pray for those who are hurting right now in the realm of finances in our church.
that may have lost their job due to this season and this terrible season we went through over this past year. I pray for them, God, to get a better job than they've ever had in their life. I pray for those who have lost maybe their business, God. And I pray for those, God, who just need a spiritual boost, God, to trust you, God, and bring and give back to you, God, what was already yours to begin with. God, bless each one in this area to trust you to grow spiritually in this. I pray that today in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. You don't know Jesus. Someone drug you here. They got you to come. And, but right now you feel the Lord knocking on your heart. He's knocking on your heart because he wants to live in your life. He wants to you to make him the Lord of your life. Because if the Lord is not the Lord of your life, he's not Lord at all in your life. So if you feel him knocking on your heart, would you just open your heart to him right where you're at and make an altar of prayer where you stand. And just tell him, say, Lord, I want to invite you into my life. I want to surrender to you. I want to ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I want to ask you, Lord, to save my soul, my life belongs to you now and forever. If you truly pray from a convicted heart and you want Jesus, he will save you. And if that happens in your life and it just happened in your life, thank him for that right now, for the peace and the joy and the purpose and the plan he just activated in your life. Thank him for that. So be sure to let us know that. And let me say this, once that you give your life to Christ, personally, it's time for you to go public with baptism. And we're having a baptism on Easter Sunday morning. I think there's about 30 people already signed up to be baptized on Easter Sunday morning. And get this, if you have given your life to Christ, your next obedient step is to be baptized. So I want to challenge you to step up and be baptized. Take that card right there out of the seat while we're praying right now and say, you know what, I, I've, been, I've been wrestling with this. You say, well, you know, Pastor, I was baptized when I was a kid, but I really didn't know what it meant. Well, you just got wet. You need to be baptized after salvation. That's your next obedient step. You say, well, Pastor, I was, I was sprinkled as an infant for my parents, and I don't want them to get upset. You won't get up, they won't get upset. They're, you're building on what they've done for you with your, with your spiritual future. Sign up, be baptized. You say, Pastor, I, I want to be baptized again. I had a bad time in my life, and, and could I be baptized again? You sure can. We take communion more than once. Pastor, can I be baptized with my wife or my husband or my kids? Absolutely. Don't miss this wonderful opportunity that the greatest Easter you'll ever have is going public with your faith in 2021. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing, God. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of these wonderful people. It's in Jesus' name, and we all say amen. Let's give him praise, church, all right?